At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Getting you ready for college and pro football. This is the Football Betting Guy with Jonathan. What's up, folks? Welcome in. It is actually the last episode of the Football Betting Guide, last day here on a Sunday. Of course, uh, you'll get all the updates when we update everything tomorrow and later in the week. But I'll be done with you in this time. We've got a good show on tap to get us out of here, of course, as we get closer and closer to the NFL season. And, of course, college football is here. We'll have a quick recap of what we saw yesterday in Week 0 and as we get ready for the full bore of games in week one. Want to update, though, really quickly because we are into our last NFL preseason game. The Detroit Lions are on the road. They're taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lions are down right now 16 to nothing. This line closing Pittsburgh's minus six and a half with a total of 40 and a half. Uh, opened in that range as well. One shop looks like win. Closes a full touchdown favorite in favor of the Steelers at minus seven. So a full half to go. We've got 14 seconds left in the second quarter. So we'll keep you up to date on this game as we get into the second half. And once that starts throughout the rest of this episode. And um, worth noting, a couple of things are coming out of this game. First off, the important stuff. Don't know how serious it is because it just happened. But T.J. Watt and Deontay Johnson both getting injured for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a little bit of a note given that you know, this game didn't really mean anything for the Steelers outside of maybe figuring out who their starting quarterback was going to be. You read some reports, it does look like it is Mitchell Trubisky who leads a touchdown drive right before the half to make it 16 to nothing. Uh, but still, some injuries to monitor. And this is the actual good thing about what they've done with the preseason. Obviously, we still have another week until the NFL kicks off its regular season. So you do have some time uh, to get ready for the NFL season and, of course, injuries to mend if that is going to be the case, if these things are somewhat serious, but something to monitor as we move forward here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, with that, let's talk a little football from a um, from an NFL standpoint first, because we do have some headlines to get to that come out of the last week of the preseason. And it feels funny because I feel like every time we do this show, we talk in some form or fashion about the injuries for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, there's more to talk about here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as we get more injuries coming out of their final preseason game against the Indianapolis Colts. And more injuries along the offensive line. We do know that center Ryan Jensen, left guard Aaron Stinney were lost to knee injuries. We know that Jensen will be back potentially sometime in December. Uh, but on Saturday, Robert Hainsey suffered a left ankle injury. Nick Leverett injured his shoulder. Those are two guys that were going to play pivotal roles on an already thin offensive line. And we do have small updates coming out of Tampa Bay. Jenna Lane earlier today from ESPN reported that Todd Bull said the Bucks were awaiting further tests on Hainsey's ankle and Nick Leverett's shoulder, got x-rays, he said he still needs to talk to the training staff. Bowles on whether or not there is an urgency to go acquire offensive line help due to the injuries said, quote, there's not a sense of urgency unless we lose the two that went down yesterday. Uh, but 
You have someone willing to give you a good football player. Nobody's going to give you a good football player. Nobody's going to feel sorry for you. Speaking to the fact that you can't just go and pick up a starting offensive lineman. It's a little bit harder than it looks. The Jets going and getting a Band-Aid like Dwayne Brown is actually really solid. Uh, But outside of that, there's not many options for a lot of these teams as you get to this point of the season when it comes to legitimate starting talent. And you really can't stress enough how bad, and cluster injuries in any sense are really bad, but how bad this could be for Tampa Bay, specifically of those two are going to be down for any extended period of time, whether it's one week, whether it's three weeks, uh, hopefully it's none for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, but if you look at it too, I mean, we're talking about four of the first seven opponents for the Dallas, for, excuse me, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dallas, Kansas City, Pittsburgh, Carolina, ranking inside of the top 10 in terms of pressure rate a season ago. And they have faced some incredible individual pass rushers early on in their schedule. Rashawn Gary for the Green Bay Packers, Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs, TJ Watt for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we just mentioned. Uh, hopefully he's going to be around. I would think it's not that serious. Um, but when you look at all of this put together, and we just threw up some of the numbers for Tampa Bay, right? A win total of 11 and a half, uh, tied for Tam- oh, excuse me, Buffalo with the highest win total on the board. But Buffalo's win total over at DraftKings, at least, shaded to the over. Buccaneers shaded to the under at minus 130. And you look around at this schedule, which is a challenging schedule in and of itself, considering the fact that I think the Saints are going to be better uh, when you look at the individual matchups that they have with some of their opponents, like the Packers, like the Chiefs, on the road against the Browns, the San Francisco 49ers, also a road spot there, a home game against the Los Angeles Rams, a team that has played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pretty well in recent years, especially under Sean McVay. Uh, A road game against the Steelers is going to be interesting because not only do you have T.J. Watt, uh, but Hayward in the middle is a very, very intriguing force against a weak interior line. Um, really, there's nowhere to go but under for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We talked about this with Eric Yeager last week at Pro Football Focus when he was nice enough to give us some time and just discussing about some of the adjustments and what you make of Tampa Bay as you move into the season. And when you're talking about tied for the highest win total, again, shaded to the under, it does seem like when you look at it from the perspective of some of the weaknesses, and especially if some of these injuries are going to be serious for the two dudes who were lost yesterday, or one of the two dudes, uh, this is a Buccaneers team that looks somewhat fragile as we head into the regular season. And... That's outside of everything else, right? The fact that Arians moves on, what this offense looks like. Tom Brady, I, I would have kind of fade the noise to a certain extent when it came to him and his willingness to play this year, right? He even said it. He's got bleep going on. He's 45 or ever old he is right now. Um, but it's an interesting year as we head into what looks like Tom Brady's last year. Uh, one can only hope. So with that, let's go to college football for some headlines before we recap what happened yesterday. Uh, If you missed it during the week, we got some starting quarterback news for two SEC programs. First off, Auburn is expected to name T.J. Finley the starting quarterback for week one, and that's against the powerhouse Mercer that they're going to take on. Finley started the last three games, for those who don't remember, excuse me, in 2021 for Auburn. That was after Bo Nix was lost to injury. Not really great for Auburn uh, in those three games. You don't really necessarily just point at Finley as some of the problems, but they went 0-3 in his last three starts, and he was fine in the three starts alone, 55.8% completion. You want to get up on that. He was 53-95, 552 yards, under six yards per attempt is somewhat troublesome, so you want to see that increase. Four touchdowns, one interceptions, but again, it's not really an explosive type of offensive and passing attack that was under Finley. He's got the ability to extend plays. He's a big athletic dude. We're talking about 6'7 and 250, uh, the good 250. And uh, he beat out Zach Helzada the, from Texas A&M, the transfer that came in. So honestly, like the resume is really not that great for a guy like TJ Finley. And I do have my concerns for a team like Auburn. Get it, six and a half shaded to the under at minus 160 in some spots. So it's not like the market's insanely high on the Tigers as they head into this year. And they've got a really tricky road schedule when you look at it too, right? Georgia, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Alabama, those are all losable games. You're talking about a situation where that team in conference play could go 0-4. When you have some of these roads, or excuse me, these uh, spots early in the season, home game against Penn State, LSU to start off conference play as well. Missouri might be first, but regardless, it's part of the stretch at the beginning of the year where Auburn's going to play at home for essentially the first month and a week of the year. This Auburn team, I think, has some real trouble coming with them. And remember, too, what happened in the offseason with Harson and this entire staff and what has happened with the turnover there. It does look like a troublesome year for Auburn. It doesn't even really matter who's going to be out there quarterback because if Finley, with some of those pedestrian numbers, under a new offensive coordinator is going to win this job, you do wonder what the rest of the quarterback room does look like from a competition and from a production standpoint. But also say this, and I wrote about the Mountain West, obviously, for the College Football Betting Guide. Check that out now. San Jose State is not a team that I would necessarily look past in terms of, yes, like Auburn's going to be a big favorite. I don't even know about a straight-up win, but in terms of covering what might be a large number there, Keep in mind that the San Jose State Spartans have a lot of talent on defense. Arguably, actually, no, they do have the best defensive end in the Mountain West Conference. Their front seven is loaded with talent as well. It's a really good defensive team. 
and a good rotation of quarterback for San Jose State, it's going to be an interesting spot because on the other side, you do have a tough matchup in Penn State. Maybe you'll look ahead spot for Auburn, too. From a spread standpoint, it'd be interesting to see what the market opens up at for that matchup because I would not sneeze at the Spartans being pretty competitive in a game against Auburn. The other news, Texas A&M is going to name sophomore Haynes King the starting quarterback. That's according to multiple reports. King, for those who don't remember, was actually the Aggie starter in 2021 for the first two weeks. Uh, injured his leg pretty seriously, though. That cost him the rest of the season. Dual-threat guy, highly touted. I think he was the third-rated uh, dual-threat quarterback per ESPN coming out his uh, senior year of high school. You couldn't really tell much. There was one game, I think it was Kent State last year, uh, threw three interceptions, if I remember correctly, in that game. Uh, and the Aggies, they look around King when you look at it, talented but somewhat unproven wide receiver room, an offensive line with three starters back. There's enough weapons for him to thrive if he's going to be the guy that everybody expects. And the Aggies, as you look at their schedule, it is a team that a lot of people have pointed to as a dark horse SEC team that could crash the party when it comes to the college football playoff. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm all the way there with Texas A&M, and I guess you call them a dark horse for a reason, but it's a schedule that is somewhat manageable for them. Uh, the biggest test, of course, coming against um, Miami, that'd be September 17th, and after that, some of those conference games, uh, those are not games in which you can just circle for wins uh, when it comes to Texas A&M. So, again, an intriguing dark horse team potentially, but this is more about Hayes King and what he's going to be like coming off of a leg injury like that. Because when you're uber-athletic, and as some have said, the third, I think that's oddly specific, like the third fastest guy on the team, um, maybe that's just straight-line speed. Regardless, the athleticism is a big part of it. And when you're coming off of a leg injury, maybe the athleticism gets diminished a little bit. All right, Saturday recap, though, really quickly. A chalky day when it comes to the main games that were up on the board uh, for Week Zero. Dave Tooley, our own, always keeps track of these things. You can find him up on Twitter, View from Vegas. College football favorites on the main board, 6-1 and one straight up, 5-2 and two against the spread. Blown outright upset by Northwestern. We'll get to the Cornhuskers in a little bit. The 12.5-point favorite, 31-28 final score in the win over Nebraska out there in Dublin. How about UConn showing out? And the number and the market coming in on the Huskies, by the way, opened up 27, closed 24. They cover 31-20 in a loss at Utah State. Unders have the slight edge. Again, if you're wondering, only six, seven games. Yes, that's, again, Thule's counting the main board there. Unders four and three on the main board. And as Brad Powers, fantastic college football handicapper, points out too, uh, these steam chasers when it comes to some of the FCS games and laying the points or going against some of the t the, um, the line moves there, or me, going with some of the line moves, not great. North Carolina, minus 32 to minus 45 and a half. That doesn't get there. Western Kentucky is a 24-point favorite, closes 32 and a half. That doesn't get there. Austin P. Western Kentucky over 64 to 72. Doesn't get there at the closing number. And then, of course, some of the other lesser matchups like Moorhead Mercer under 60 and a half to 56. And then Stephen F. Austin, uh, no action, of course, game was called early. But an interesting day nonetheless. And we'll get to the final result there between Nebraska and Northwestern because there is something to take from that. Uh, Scott Frost in his time for the Huskers has been, we'll call it overvalued as a head coach. And that, that, uh, that program has been very undisciplined and absolutely terrible when it comes to some of these one-score affairs. And it's something as we look at with Scott Frost now, you know, under 500 ATS as a head coach at Nebraska, it's a team that the market still thinks relatively highly of, but maybe this is the year uh, where this starts to kind of come back on Nebraska and maybe there's some sort of overall adjustment when it comes to them as a program and the market's respect for Nebraska and Scott Frost. But not a good look for the Cornhuskers to start the year. Not a must-win game, uh, but I called it on the edge earlier this week probably should win game we'll talk about that when we come back and we'll get into week one of college football as a full slate is upon us at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Football Betting Guy with Jonathan Bontobel. Hey, before you make you uh, make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com. Check out that current betting splits data. You want to know where the money and bets are moving every game? Betting splits page updated every 10 minutes. You can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits, another way vcin's here to make you smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game up at vcin.com. All right, really quickly, uh, before we move on from the Week 0 matchups that we saw, I want to hit on two things from yesterday. Um, first off, you know, like you get like those no sweat bets that you make every once in a while. Uh, Hawaii plus nine and a half. No sweat yesterday, huh? Uh, in that third quarter, what a demolishing by Vanderbilt. But I will say, and this is the thing to look forward to here for Vandy, as they take care of business, right? In the market, betting it like they had the almanac, they knew it was going to happen. Uh, Vanderbilt was one of those teams that win total of two and a half as you head into the year. We know that they're going to be the worst team in the SEC, not going to win a conference game, or it's very likely that they don't win a conference game. But their non-conference schedule was very manageable. And yesterday, they looked like a team that was much better than the opponent that they were facing in Hawaii. That's not saying much. Hawaii's going to be, uh, I don't know, probably like 131st in the country. Like it's, They're going to be down there, right? But when you look at Vandy's opportunities now moving forward, Elon next week, Northern Illinois, Wake Forest team potentially without Sam Hartman. It's probably going to be the case. Vanderbilt's path to surpassing their win total here in non-conference play, which was always going to be the goal for you if you bet over two and a half, uh, does become very much more intriguing than it was after or before. And they were a big favorite coming into that matchup. But it's going to be really interesting to see how they match up or, and how they can take care of their win totals and move forward. Because that was a somewhat impressive showing. After a rough start, too, by the way. Because uh, you get the big you get the big touchdown run for Hawaii early. A drop pick six as well. It looked like maybe Vandy was going to uh, be less than, uh, we'll call it, eh, well, yeah, less than, not competitive, but it wasn't going to look good for Vandy. But they ultimately take care of business in the third quarter and move on. The other thing to take away from yesterday, of course, and kind of tease to this going out, Northwestern and Nebraska. So they get the 31-28 win over the Cornhuskers, Northwestern does. And we can talk about Northwestern and Pat Fitzgerald is always doing a fantastic job, all of those things. Uh, but, of course, this is more about the negative for the team that was perceived to be better, and that's for Nebraska. Scott Frost, you think about it now, might be one of the more overrated head coaches in the country. This has not gone well since he's taken over the program. He's 5-21 and now. How about that? 5-21 and in one-score games at Nebraska. The program is 1-9 and in its last 10 games with a point differential of minus 2. Now, that is a somewhat misleading stat when you look at it because the one win that they had was actually the blowout win over Northwestern last year. So when you look at it, like, yeah, okay, it's not really overly impressive when you go 1-9 and with the 9 it's too much uh, point differential because most of that positive point differential comes from one game. However... When you're talking about eight of those losses by seven points or fewer, it becomes more and more obvious that Frost doesn't really know what to do in a lot of these one-score games. The adjustments have been abysmal, and it continues yesterday as well, refusing to adjust when it came to what Northwestern was doing as you went into the second half. So don't think it's much of an overreaction to kind of look at this team after that loss yesterday and think, yet again, we have another overvalued Husker squad under Scott Frost 
who is now there are 21 and 23 against the spread in his time in Nebraska. So again, just a takeaway there to look at, but that is absolutely fascinating that Scott Frost continues to utterly fail in some of these one score contests. And that is a sign. It's not talent, right? It's not your roster. That is uh, only one thing to point at. And that is Scott Frost. And Scott Frost has done a lot. He has turned over the coaching staff quite a bit. It is now his roster, the offensive and defense coordinator, all of those things. Now it's on Scott Frost and he continues to fail in those situations. All right, let's take a look at some of the big matchups for week one in college football as we are now approaching. We are here at week one for CFB. First off, wanted to start off on Thursday, September 1st. Uh, get a pretty good game. West Virginia on the road against Pitt. It's going to be pretty fascinating. Pitt opens up a six-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 54. Uh, right now on the board, that has gone to seven. So we're seeing a little bit of a move there. And the total uh, itself has dropped as well in this matchup between these two. I think right now on the board I've got for that uh, Pitt, uh, we'll call it, yeah, 51 uh, across the board as a consensus total between these two. But I'm, this is one of the games that I can't wait to watch because Pitt, for me, is one of those teams that I'm not sure exactly what to make of them as we enter 2022. Because when you look at them, and this ties into why this total has dropped to this point, this is a team that wants to play a little bit slower, right, in terms of their tempo. They want to go more run-oriented. Pat Narduzzi has spent all offseason, which is kind of weird, just lamenting the, their offense and the skew of which uh, their run-pass play uh, – um, yeah, the run pass, the one run pass play option. Sorry, I can't talk today. In terms of percentage of plays, right? Thought that they didn't run the ball enough last year. Even complained about it in the game against Wake Forest in the ACC championship game. Even though um, Kenny Pickett, who by the way is on the field right now in the second half for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, absolutely was fantastic in that contest. So you know that you're going to get a little bit more of a classic look here from Pitt when it's like ball control, run it, play really good defense. And Keaton Slovis, who has won the job here for them fits with that sort of offensive style. On top of that, Pitt defensively, relatively solid team who brings back seven guys from last year. And that, that guy, that team last year, really, really solid. 23.6 points per game, 5.1 yards per play, but an even better mark against the run up front, 2.7 yards per carry allowed. So this front seven should be just as good somewhere in that range as they were a season ago. They were fantastic against the run defensively, Pitt was. So you see why this total has come down. We also see, at least for me, why you kind of ask some questions about what this pit team's going to be? You don't have to pick it anymore to bail you out as a passer. Keaton Slowis can be pretty good, I guess, and especially when we first saw him at USC, but there was a drop-off after that. And West Virginia is a really intriguing team because not only do they have seven guys back on offense and an offensive line that's actually pretty solid, five starters back and the second and third leading receivers from last year, you also have JT Daniels at the helm here at quarterback. And while Daniels has kind of been up and down in terms of his multiple stops as a college football quarterback, he's reunited with Graham Harrell, who was the offensive coordinator at USC in 2019. And we have seen at times from JT Daniels signs of some above-average quarterback play. Remember that year with Georgia, uh, where they ultimately fell to, I think it was Cincinnati in that Peach Bowl game, where he led that, like, I think it was the last four games of that season for Georgia, where he looked pretty damn good. And I think when you look at West Virginia, the pieces they come back at wide receiver, the offense that he's going to be in, this is going to be a spot where maybe JT Daniels can thrive. But it's really interesting to see them in this situation with Pitt because I come into this thinking, well, the total dropping makes sense, especially if we're going to start to get to like seven and a half with Pitt. I'm going to be on the West Virginia Mountaineer side because I'm just not entirely sure. This weird thing with Narduzzi where he really wants to just run the ball, establish the line of scrimmage, how much that really helps. And this is, I think, maybe – an underrated offense as we head into the year. Again, we're already sitting on seven, so we'll see what the market does with the side. Open six and a half. Uh, but if we're talking about seven and a half, I'll find myself on the, uh, the road underdog there in West Virginia. Other games to touch on really quickly as we talk about some of the maybe the line moves, total moves, whatever it is. Over the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, a faux home game for the Georgia Bulldogs. We're going to take on Oregon. No real move side or total. Total is up a point. Uh, 51, a key number in the National Football League from a percentage standpoint. I don't have the numbers on college football, uh, but still that is um, worth mentioning. And Georgia does come into 2022, totally revamped defense. And I think that's the kind of question you ask for Georgia, but I think you ask these questions more about, you know, the matchups against the Alabamas of the world or maybe even a college football playoff against either Ohio State or Clemson, depending on what their offense looks like. So you lose nine guys from that defense last year, one of them a rotational guy that wasn't a starter. But at the same time, while that seems like a lot, we know that Georgia's revamping with five-star caliber athletes. And remember last year, that dominant defense from a season ago for Georgia, they actually had five starters back on the 2021 squad. So it's not like the, the number of starters for a team like Georgia that pulls in the talent they do 
is necessarily reflective of what you're going to get when you talk about them playing that season. And on the flip side, you ask if Oregon really does have the offensive weaponry to kind of match up and show some sort of offensive success against Georgia. Remember, last year, 10-3, Clemson and Georgia. It was a really ugly game. Uh, A defensive touchdown was the lone difference there in that matchup. And that was against a Clemson team that I would argue, at least last year, did have some better talent on that offense than Oregon does coming into this year. And the Ducks haven't decided on quarterback yet. Bo Nix and Ty Thompson have yet to be differentiated. There's no Dan Lanning hasn't named a starter. You do wonder if that is actually worrisome, if neither has really separated themselves in a quarterback battle. Don't really love Bo Nix as a quarterback, and I don't really love either option there. And so for me, when you're looking at this, is it tempting from a side perspective? Not really. Sitting at 17 and hasn't really budged, there's really nothing there. But from a total perspective, the one thing that doesn't treat me here is maybe looking at this under despite the market moving over to 52. Because if Oregon's not going to be able to execute on offense with whoever's out there at quarterback, and this is a pretty good offensive line, so maybe there's a chance that there's going to be some good offensive production from Oregon this season, but I'm not entirely sure about this year. But on top of that, when you look at Georgia offensively and the way that they operate, it's not really an explosive offense. To me, this looks like not as extreme as the opener last year between Clemson and Georgia, 10-3, to but another one of those low-scoring affairs where Oregon is held down offensively and Georgia can score a little bit, but not enough to put this thing over the total. The one thing that would kill me, by the way, turnovers, right, tackles for losses, some fumbles, things like that to give Georgia some short fields. That would absolutely be brutal. But I do think that looking at this thing under the total, a la Alabama-Miami a season ago, might be something to look at there where maybe Georgia does win in blowout fashion, but not enough to push this thing over the total. And we'll talk about some other line moves. Like, for example, Cincinnati at Arkansas. We'll get into the details of this matchup. But it's worth noting, right before it came on the air about an hour ago, Circa actually moved to Arkansas minus 5.5. This is sitting at 6.5 pretty much everywhere and still sitting at 6 at a couple of spots as well. Razorbacks do have some injuries to monitor, but we'll talk about Cincinnati because this is, to me, the most intriguing part. And, and again, for me personally, the most difficult part about heading into a college football season is projecting changes and key changes like a Cincinnati team who's replacing their quarterback and six guys on defense and really good guys at that. And you're not replacing them with the same level of athlete as Georgia is. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Dan Fates joins us next. Sports anchor out in Buffalo. Talk about the Bills on the other side. This is the Football Betting Guy with Jonathan Von Tobel. Pocket Cash with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot at a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Levi's now to get in on the action. Levi's, buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, let's talk a little bit more in the National Football League. The best team in the NFL by some accounts and highest win total shaded to the over 11 and a half. That would be the Buffalo Bills, Dan Fates, Sports anchor, 13 WHAM out in Rochester. Nice enough to give us some time today. Dan, uh, we appreciate it. Uh, So I will just start with that general question. Are the Buffalo Bills the best team in the National Football League? Yeah, it's a great question, and it is one that uh, I don't think they have heard or been asked in Western New York in quite some time. And while there may be the pressure mounting it, this team has handled adversity pretty well just with the challenges. Look, they're still talking about 13 seconds and how their season ended. Those questions like just got turned over and they're just trying to look forward to this season. Uh, the roster is deep. I think that that's a big part of it. And what Von Miller has brought to this defense hopes to be that piece that sets them over the top. But like I got to tell you, John, they may be the best 53 guys uh, deep in the NFL. You think so? Huh? Best roster overall. I, I do. I, I look back and you know, there, everybody talks about training camps and where these guys fall and, Oh, could this guy get cut? Will this guy make the roster? Every single fan base and team is deciding whether they keep that sixth or seventh wide receiver. The Bills' sixth or seventh wide receiver could probably start on some other teams. Look, the, the, their pass rush is deep. Where they go from here is the question. But I think that from top to bottom, secondary, defensive line, the offensive line may be the question mark, John, but I think new offensive line coach Aaron Cromer is going to be a big part of turning that offensive line around that was so, so at best last year. So let me ask you this. If there is a weakness for Buffalo, what would you point to? You mentioned a little bit of the offensive line. 
Yeah. Uh, it, it, would that be at the top of the list or would it be, you know, cause I was in charge of writing of the Buffalo bills for our betting guide this year. And I think one thing that yeah. sticks out when you analyze them statistically was run defense was average at best a season ago. And that was against a somewhat weak offensive schedule. So what would you say the biggest weakness is? Well, it could be right now. It may be their secondary. And I'm talking about just specifically corners. This is a defense that is unlike any other in the NFL. Leslie Frazier builds this defense back to front. It's it's counterproductive or what you don't think most defenses they build strong up the middle and then go to the back. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer have been the rocks, all pro safeties of this bill secondary, but Trey white is nowhere near coming uh, onto this roster. So there's a question on if he goes on pup, obviously the bills need to make that decision by Tuesday. So then it gets to be the question. Levi Wallace left in free agency. They're going to have two rookies. And then Dane Jackson, who's a second year guy coming out of pit. He was like a seventh round draft pick. So while Dane played in Trey White's spot last year, this secondary could be a spot where teams could pick on them early in the season. You look at the Rams week one, they have Miami week three with Waddle and Tyree kill where they are is kind of shaky to me. It helps having Poyer and Hyde behind young corners, but still having Trey white back there is, is, is a primary focus for them to get him back on the field. So one of the biggest questions for me when it comes to Buffalo uh, is the loss of Brian Dable. I think Brian Dable <laughs> was great as a, as a play caller. I think he's going to do a really good job with the New York giants. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Josh Allen has had a play caller other than Brian Dable in his career as quarterback for the Buffalo bills. So what does this look like for Buffalo? Now that Dable is gone. I've said this before and I'll, I'll say it again. I trust Brian Dable more than I trust certain members of my family. Mm -hmm. I love that guy. I can't speak highly enough about Brian Dable and what he did. Look, a lot of this, this credit for Josh Allen is just, oh, Josh Allen's a freak. Yeah, yeah, th that's part of it. But Brian Dable kind of had to break that wild stallion into an MVP caliber quarterback, and that's what he did. Ken Dorsey comes into the mix now. Josh Allen and Brian Dable had a very, very close relationship. They talked about their love for one another, their, their faith, their trust in one another, that when Dable's calling plays, Josh could finish his sentences. Now you have Ken Dorsey coming in here, has never called plays before, and he's been handed the keys to the Ferrari that is this Buffalo Bills offense. His job is just to keep it on the road and in between the lines. That is the big question, is that where is that level of trust. Now, obviously Dorsey has been in the building the last three years with Josh Allen as the quarterback's coach, but it is a whole different set of circumstances and responsibilities as calling plays in the NFL. So Josh Allen was asked earlier this season. I think I was the one that asked him and he goes, I trusted Brian Dable with my life. And then there was a pause and he goes, and I feel the same way too about <laughs> Ken. There was a little bit of a hesitation. I think they're getting there. I think the familiar, the familiarity helps but I think it is going to be a big test, especially out of the gate. This offense has such high expectations on what they have done. If things aren't necessarily the high-powered offense, 30-plus points a game that we're used to seeing, I think that all of a sudden people may start to go, what's Dorsey doing? Mm -hmm. And so for me, it kind of ties nicely into Josh Allen, right? Last year among qualified quarterbacks, 22nd in turnover-worthy play rate. 3.4% of his pass attempts were turnover-worthy play by PFF standards. And it, it's not as frequent, but we do see the games every once in a while. The Jacksonville Jaguars game, right? The Josh Allen game, but it was the other Josh Allen. Uh, where a little careless with the ball, puts it on the ground, and it allows teams to stay within it. That's would be my question is, without Dable, you said it, right, to kind of like break the stallion, I think is the way you put it, into an MVP candidate. Yeah. What does that look like? I think Josh Allen's really good, but I'm really curious to see what the change is for Josh Allen because I thought Dable did a really good job of eliminating some of those turnover-worthy plays that Allen has a penchant for making. Yeah, we've joked around that it's kind of like Josh Allen. It's, it just kind of hits all the buttons on the controller, or yeah. he kind of chokes around about how um, we we joke around. You know, here is is it's the Josh Allen experience. It's the oh no, oh no, oh no, awesome throw. Like, what are you doing? Throw it away, and then he'll throw it across his body, falling out of bounds, and it's a completion. Then he also has the boneheaded fumbles. He'll try to throw a deep ball to a fullback back like he was in Houston in the playoff game or he'll lateral to Dawson Knox in the middle of the field. That That's all in there. I think Ken Dorsey needs to just keep things, like I said, on the road. I, I don't think micromanaging is going to be a great thing. What we have known about Ken Dorsey, and this is the little insight I can give you, 
That guy is intense, very intense, to the point where Sean McDermott, I guess, this year has threatened heavy fines against his coaches who draw flags from the officials. So we asked a bunch of the players, Gabe Davis, Josh Allen, Mitch Morris, their starting center, they all said Dorsey has to be in the box. That he is so intense that there is no way they can have him on the sidelines calling plays. Now, the Bills offense loves that mentality. They call him a killer. He is just a fierce competitor. All that's great, but so can Josh. And sometimes you've got to be that guy that levels one another out. That'll be interesting to see early on in the season. So when we look at Buffalo, and like I mentioned, highest win total on the board tied for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Difference is uh, their win total shaded to the over at a pretty solid price Mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to shaded to the under for Tampa Bay. So when you look at them, their path is pretty clear, and I think it's really about this division. Tom Brady ruled this division because the division around him was terrible for so long. It does seem that Josh Allen potentially – has the kind of same thing in front of him. Let me ask you this. Dolphins and Patriots are banted about as the second-best team. I think when we talk about rosters, kind of like we talked at the beginning, I think it's pretty clear the Dolphins have the better roster than the Patriots. Agreed. So what's the gap between Buffalo and Miami? Because from a price standpoint, they're a $2.40 favorite to win the division. It seems pretty big. Uh, the, the difference to me seems between what the difference is between Josh Allen and Tua. And that, yeah. that's what we've seen. We have seen that quarterback play drives everything in the NFL. And that is what we saw with Tom Brady dominating the division against ragtag quarterbacks of Ryan Fitzpatrick and things like that. What Mac Jones turns out to be is still to be decided. What Tua turns out to be is still to be decided. Those are the only factors that could keep Josh Allen from running this division for a decade plus with the way that Brandon Bean has structured this roster and a lot of their contracts moving forward. So I think the Dolphins can provide a little bit of a threat, but I also think for the Bills' favor, I know they're heavy favorites to win the division. It's actually, I think it's better that the Dolphins and Patriots and and the Jets will be a little bit better this year. I kind of joked around, it's like they need to cannibalize one another so that the Bills can kind of just Go, go without it. They, they can just w- do their thing and they'll cruise. But if they, they need the Patriots to knock off the Dolphins and the Dolphins to knock off the Jets. And so those guys kind of beat each other up like a pack, the old Pac-12 kind of cannibalizing itself. So I love the Bills uh, to win the division. I don't think there's really that much of a sweat there. All right, we'll get you out of here on this last 60 seconds. Is it a, as it easy as it looks? Are the Bills the Super Bowl favorite for a reason? Uh, what do you think is ultimately um, what happens to Buffalo this year? Yeah, I think it's going to be Super Bowl or bust. I don't know if they can necessarily. I, somebody asked me recently, what do I think a successful season would be for the Bills? And I think anything short of going to the Super Bowl would be a failure. There's a lot of pressure on Sean McDermott. There's a lot of pressure on Ken Dorsey. There's pressure on Josh Allen. But he can say I did everything I could in Kansas City and it, 13 seconds was the difference. So yep. I think the Bills are the Super Bowl favorite. I'd like them to win the AFC. I know it's a buzzsaw, but Josh Allen, this Bills defense, I think with Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, I like him. Dan Fates, again, out there in Rochester. Dan, thank you very much for the time. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have me on. Yep, you got it. All right, when we come back, uh, we'll stick a little bit. I want to get a couple more questions in about uh, the Buffalo Bills. Rob Pizzola, professional handicapper and co-founder of BetStamps, going to join us in studio next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Football Betting Guy with Jonathan Bontobel. All right, folks, VEASAN Pro Football Guide's out now. It's uh, packed with Super Bowl playoff predictions, season win total, best bets for every team, best ways to bet rookie quarterbacks, bookmaker breakdown of what futures the public respected betters are making, and more. Sign up for our discounted football special. Get all access to everything we do from now through Super Bowl for $175 or save 50% off the monthly price. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. All your options have become part of the sports betting network. All right, super excited. Welcome in Rob Pizzola, professional better. And, of course, BetStamp is the spot. You want to check that out because uh, it's a fantastic tracking uh, app that you can use. Track your bets, all that kind of stuff. And I think it's a really great tool in terms of bankroll tracking, things like that, if you want to take it seriously. So, first off, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. So, I wanted to start with team-specific stuff first. We were just talking about the Buffalo Bills yep. as we head into the year. So, first off, by your measure... Are the Bills the best team in the National Football League? Yeah, I think they have to be. They're yeah. pretty deep overall. If you look at their squad from top to bottom, if you you, know, you really struggle to find any weaknesses there. Obviously, some people are concerned with the offensive line. That's not a big issue for me. I think they're pretty solid just across the board. Great quarterback, uh, lots of talent. I think the biggest concern for me would be the absence of Brian Dayball this year. Moving yes. to another team, you don't know how the offense is going to be because they've really excelled under Dayball, especially last season. But overall, I think... They're the complete package. You have to consider them the favorite to win the Super Bowl. That, that's kind of where I was at, right? Because as good as Josh Allen has become, and I was bringing this up when we were talking about the guy with, uh, with our friend Dan Fates out of Rochester who covers the Bills, he is turnover-worthy play mm-hmm. uh, heavy. He finished last season 22nd among quarterbacks uh, in turnover-worthy play rate. And without Dable there, with a first-time play caller, what is that drop-off? Because he still threw 15 interceptions last year, and at one point they were 7-6. and six. And I think to me, like, I think they are the best team in the NFL, but the degree to which the market has them rated as the best team in the NFL is something I quibble with. I think that's a fair assessment. I think a lot of people also think back to last year and think that they just got unlucky against the Chiefs in the playoffs, should have won that game, probably would have beat the Bengals en route to a Super Bowl. But, I mean, the Chiefs are matching them score for score in that game. It really came down to the wire. It was a crazy final two minutes. There's not much separating those two teams, in my opinion, even though the market perception is that Buffalo is so much better. I think across the board, you look at Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, you're going to get guys like that do that do have a lot of turnover-worthy plays mm-hmm. that are star quarterbacks. But overall, they're able to overcome it just by their, you know, their natural ability, so to speak, versus a guy like Carson Wentz, for example, who has a lot of turnover-worthy plays and is not able to overcome it. So... I mean, I'm I'm quite high on the bills, but I do agree with your assessment in terms of relative to like that next tier in market. Right. I don't know that they're that much better than everyone else. So the other best team you would throw out there is Tampa Bay. So that's my question for you is, how are you handling all these cluster injuries? They lose two more offensive linemen in the preseason yesterday. Now, we don't know the degree which those injuries are, but cluster injuries at a very important position, especially along the interior for a guy who historically has not liked interior pressure, Tom Brady. To me, I wonder, like, the difference between them, right? Buffalo, 11.5 shaded to the over. Tampa Bay, 11.5 shaded to the under. I do wonder, like, from a rating standpoint, if the market, again, is maybe a little too high on Tampa Bay and not accounting enough for these injuries that they're experiencing. It's a really, it's a really difficult for me because in the history of betting football, I probably lost more money betting against Tom Brady right. than anyone yeah. else because you, you find reasons every single year to figure out a way that, you know, Tom Brady's not going to have excess, success. Excuse me. And this year, it's obviously that interior of the offensive line. People are talking about it. It is a factor. You're right. It, you know, historically speaking, Brady doesn't like pressure up the middle. With that said, 
the, the, the long-term track record of Brady is that he's going to win. He's going to be fairly successful in this role. So, yeah, I'm a little bit down on Tampa relative to last year. I think there's way more concerns for them going forward. Obviously, Brady didn't have a training camp either, been missing a lot of time for who knows what. Um, with that said, division's not all that tough. You have Atlanta, who should be a pushover. Carolina, I'm not too high on. New Orleans, who knows? They could be a lot better than people think. But overall, they should win the division comfortably. They get in the playoffs, and they have Tom Brady. I mean, it's going to be hard to bet against them. Yep. So, okay, so as we enter the regular season, we all have our priors, right, and how we rate these teams and where they're at. I wanted to ask you because I got a few teams that I want to take positions on, either either against them or on them as we enter the year that I think the market might be a little too high or too low on. Uh, what's your stance on that in terms of, like, do you have your teams that you come into the year where you want to take positions on? And the other is, how quickly do you come off your priors in a season which is only 17 games? It's very tough. I'm probably earlier to come off my priors than, than most other bettors. Um, I do have a, you know, I do model the games. I'm a statistical modeler. That's the way I bet the NFL. With that said, I'm willing to admit that, you know, past data is not all that relevant. Sometimes you might have change in coaching staff, schemes, so on and so forth. So I think you do have to be very quick to adapt in the NFL and be willing to admit that you were wrong about your perception of a team preseason, even two or three games into the year. So I'm pretty quick to come off of priors, uh, probably more so than anyone else. Um, it's, I, I think it's kind of what separates me and market from other people. Yeah, see, because like, I, I like basketball a lot, and there's so much larger sample sizes where you can feel more comfortable being a little bit more stubborn. You talk about like three games, right, in the NFL. We're talking about what, like, I'm terrible at math off the fly, 27 possessions for a team, and you're like, ah, oh, man, maybe I was wrong about that. And that's where, like, my stubbornness kind of kills me, I think, in the NFL, because I'll take my position and be like, I think one more game, let me try this out, and it's not the case. Yeah, I mean, there, there is some feel to betting the NFL, yeah. right? Sometimes you'll just watch a game and you'll be like, this does not line up with what I think that this team should be. And then you ask yourself, like, is this going to change? So I'll give an example, but like previous seasons, I'd be high on the Vikings going into the year, and then it's the same old Mike Zimmer. Right? It's the same old team that's going to get conservative when they have a lead late in the game. And I'll just be like, okay, I have to, you know, this is a team that should be better than they are, but have a very conservative head coach. I need to adapt to that on the fly. There's no sense in me thinking that something is going to change. So personally, I, I, I'm pretty quick to adapt. So I'm glad you brought that up because the Vikings are one of my teams that I think I want to come in on position. And I bet them over. I've got to bet on them to win the NFC North as well. I, and it's funny because if you look at them, I, I made this joke all the time last year. If I removed the logo of Minnesota and I gave you their statistical profile, you would be like, that's a really damn good team. But then the results are, what, through the first 11 games, seven-point lead or higher in every single game, but they were five and six in those first 11. You mentioned everything with Zimmer. How much does a new coaching staff maybe buoy your opinion on Minnesota coming into this year, if at all? I'd say I'm definitely higher on them yeah. this year. I think it's an addition by subtraction type of thing. Zimmer's a great defensive mind, but they didn't really have the personnel to run the defense that he wanted to run last year. And ultimately... You know, you, you can't win in this day and age if you're going to get ultra-conservative late in games when you have a lead. It's just allowing teams back in the game. Uh, so personally, I think that there's a lot of upside with the Vikings. Uh, I am, I guess, higher on Kirk Cousins than a lot of people are. I get he, made fun of for my love for Kirk Cousins. He, he kind of reminds me, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, it kind of reminds me of Tony Romo back in the yeah. day. A, a worse version of Romo, but ultimately, you know, a lot of times he craps the bed in primetime spots. A lot of people notice that. But overall, he's pretty consistent. Uh, I think the Vikings defense, I, I think a lot of people think they're going to be like a bottom 10 unit in the league. I personally don't. I think there's a lot of upside in the front seven. Uh, they did have some injuries in the front seven last year. They lost Daniil Hunter for a while as well. Uh, I, I'm, I'm personally like, I'm not sold on them at corner, but overall they have the weapons on offense, probably the best receiver in the league. It's arguable, but I think so. Uh, and the front seven to me is a little bit underrated on defense. So I'm personally high on them. So the other, there's a couple of teams that stuck out to me as I got ready for the season. One of the other teams that I came into the year in terms of getting ready for the season was the Cincinnati and Baltimore dynamic, right? Which was, if you looked at it on paper, you're like, hey, Cincinnati got to the Super Bowl. Offensively, they were really solid, just if you think about it. And they added to an offensive line, which was really, really weak. But if you actually looked at everything, they were barely top 10 in EPA per play. Like, if you, there were so many, like, statistical things with their offense, you were like, they were actually, they were good, but they weren't as good as you remember. We just remember third and 24 against Kansas City. Right. We remember explosive plays from Jamar Chase. And I kind of came around more on Baltimore, a team who lost the second most games to injury a season ago, that actually is going to be better and I think will win that division. This is one of the most interesting dynamics in the whole league for me. But the Ravens were the first win total I bet over this yeah. year. It got adjusted quite a bit now. You see them as favorites to win the division. You got over 10, minus 120, minus 130 in a lot of spots right now. Bengals are shaded to the under. I think we've kind of adjusted too far now to the point where I think it's more of a dead heat between Cincinnati and Baltimore than the market is indicating. And yes, the Bengals had a lot of luck 
factors, you know, factor into it last year. They still have Joe Burrow, though, who is excellent quarterback. They have all the weapons on offense. But what I particularly love about the Bengals is I think that they're very good on both lines of scrimmage. Offensive line, defensive line, they're not going to be a team that gets pushed around. So I think it's more of a coin flip than the market indicates between the Bengals and the Ravens. But a lot of people do look at the previous year luck factors going into the year. Ravens lost a a ton of men due to injury on defense last year. So um, automatically people think that, you know, that's going to be some regression, forward regression this season. But uh, the the Ravens wide receiver core just really worries me. And I wonder if they start to get into shootouts with a team like Cincinnati, whether they have the wide receivers that can, you know, separate from these Bengals corners. All right, last 90 seconds really quickly. A lot of the times the worst team in the NFL is not the one we expect. Who's the worst team in the NFL by your measure? The Bears. Yes, okay. I'm I'm astonished what they they failed to do in the offseason. Agreed. I mean, I... Honestly, they have historically bad vibes. Like, if you look at the Bears roster on paper, you're, if you asked an average person, they would really struggle to name anyone other than the quarterback on right. the Bears. Maybe some might get Roquan Smith on defense, but uh, the, the perception of the Bears is kind of changing after Justin Fields' performance last night, which is kind of weird preseason game. Sure, he looked great, 14 to 16, three touchdowns, but uh, overall... This is a team that's just void of talent everywhere. I mean, I, I think they're really going to struggle to win four games this yep. year. I, I agree. I, thought, I took a small flyer. I got them at 10-1 to 1 to have the worst record in the NFL. Yep. I, I, th- I don't know if the market was really um, – and I have them under the win total. I don't know if the market's really accounting for how bad they could potentially be. All right, last 40 seconds. Rob Pizzola with us, professional handicapper. Also, uh, BetStamp. Can you let people know what that is and what they can do? Yeah, download BetStamp. You can get it on Android or iOS. You can check out the website, betstamp.app.app as well. It's just a great line shopping tool for someone that's out there. If you're a better, you have to get serious about shopping lines, going to different sports books, betting the best prices. So shop lines on BetStamp. Use it to track your bets as well. I promise it will help you become a better better. Right, we really appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, second hour on the way. we got a lot left to get to. We're going to cover a lot of college football as well, recap a little bit more. And as we look ahead to the brunt of week one action, which is here, uh, Tim Murray, our own VEASAN host, is going to join us. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.